You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. We are recording today on, looks like, what is it, Thursday the 25th. So for all of you you guys uh, keeping track of when we record, there you have it. Thursday the 25th is recording. South Beach, I think they're close to like four. Uh, we're going to get to some football, of course we will. But we're in the, in the depths of championship basketball and hockey. Uh, last night, the Florida Panthers sweep with five seconds left in the game they score a goal which is very unusual but uh I, i'm gonna lean on alex a little bit here for the hockey stuff because I, I i as i told him i i saw the alert on my phone i wasn't watching but uh i, I would imagine it's a south beach i think they're close to like four pretty wild seeing down uh, near south beach uh, not quite in south beach but somewhere down south florida the panthers are uh got it got it rolling yeah, it's been a while since they've been to uh, the, the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, obviously, I mean, they've had some star players before, like Pavel Bore. I mean, obviously, that he was a big star in South Beach, you know, back in the, in the late 1990s, close to like four. Right now, I mean, this team is just clicking on so many cylinders. Like, I've said that... In Stanley Cup playoffs, you need to get great goaltending. And Bobrovsky has been a terrific goaltender throughout his career, especially with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But he's never had a run like this, okay? I mean, he just, he got hot. Even though he wasn't the number one goaltender going into the playoffs uh, when the, the Florida Panthers just basically snuck in. But he caught fire. And that's what you need. You need a, a hot goaltender at the right time. And it makes all the difference in the world. Then they've got a couple of defenders that have been there for a while. You know, Barkov, Alexander Barkov is the center. That, that's, uh, he's a Finnish um, center that, that's been there for like 10 years. He's been to the playoffs a few times, but never quite like this. Tkachuk, I mean, Matthew Tkachuk is uh, is kind of a revelation. I think he had like 110 points this season. He scored 40 goals. He didn't get the extension from the Cal- Calgary Flames, and they traded him. And here he is with the Panthers kind of leading them and becoming their go-to player almost. He was, he was never considered like a star, a guy that you can build your team around. But here he is. So it's just a lot of things just fell into place with the Panthers just in general in the playoffs through these three series that, you know, against Boston, against Toronto. And then now, obviously, they they took down, you know, the the mighty, uh, what, Columbus Blue Jackets, right? So um, that's... uh, You know, it's just, uh, it's been an amazing run and hopefully they can continue because obviously there is where he is. So it's just a lot in, in the finals out there. And that's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Two teams that are just, uh, that are powerhouses or something like that. Like, can you imagine like five years ago talking about Las Vegas Knights? 
against the Florida Panthers. I mean, it just doesn't sound right. You might talk about, you know, Boston, you know, Tampa Bay has become a hockey town, right? And then obviously, you know, some other some other team. You never think it's just a lot about this type of matchup in, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, you got the the two bullies in the Northeast. The the Bruin, the well, not necessarily bullies, but the Bruins had one of the best regular seasons of any team in history. Uh, the Celtics, obviously, they they were looked at as uh, championship favorites, if you would. And they now the Celtics staved off elimination the other night, and they it's just a lot looked really good doing it. And you're thinking, well, geez, where has this team been? And I think what it's come down to on that side of it is uh, Jason Tatum kind of stepping up in the fourth quarter. In the in the first three games, he had zero baskets in the fourth quarters of the first three games, which sounds ludicrous. I mean, your team's leading scorer and zero field goals in the in the in the fourth quarter of three games. Well. You're probably going to lose those unless they're blowouts the other way and he's just not getting any minutes. But no, he was in there pretty much the whole time. But this game in Miami, Mike McDaniels courtside among other celebrities, but it was just pretty cool to see the uh, head football coach of the Dolphins down there. And yeah, so you got the, the Panthers and the Heat looking to take Boston out completely. So that's kind of a, a reverse of what you'd typically expect because both teams were, I think, eight seeds come coming in and they're knocking off the, if you would, the bully on the block. As far as the other side with the Lakers, and we kind of saw this coming after the first three games, they probably were going to lose this last game just because of the way they, they were playing and the way that the Nuggets were playing. And just the, the, the styles, the way the teams are constructed, uh, the, the age overall, I guess, of the Lakers, two stars. Now, Davis is and as old as LeBron, but he's you know kind of a brittle guy. This was kind of the longest stretch of him being healthy for a long time. But again, his, his offensive play was up and down throughout the course of the playoffs. He's had like super games and then some were like, where did he go type thing? But hey, you know, Lakers, uh, LeBron's like he came out, they showed him shooting like three or four hours before the game, practicing at the other end of the court. You talk about you know maybe some motivation was they were uh the tv network was doing their rehearsal for the uh awards ceremony in case denver won and lebron's at the other end you know putting up jumpers but he came out first half my gosh i mean he was like hey this was this was lebron from 10 years ago dominated over 30 points didn't sit out until i don't know there was like a, a foul or something late in the half and maybe 10 seconds left and he came out and goes straight to the locker room and he comes back in the second half and he just didn't have it. And uh, AD didn't quite have it. And Denver just comes roaring back. They take it at the end. Okay. So it would, you know, the Lakers were never coming back, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, I mean, he just expended himself. That first half was amazing. Scored over 30. I think he had like seven or eight rebounds, a handful of, assists i mean it was a great half 
And you kind of remember, you know, his dominance. And now, you know, come the second half, you can just tell. I mean, now he's like hanging out by the three point line. He's not driving, you know, every time because nobody could guard him as he, you know, gets that head of steam. And you, and the, the announcers, that was the kind of the funny part is you have like Van Gundy and Jackson. Well, why doesn't LeBron do more of this and do that? You go, go post up down low, take it to the basket every time. Go guard Jokic. I mean, it's like, you know, dude's like 38 years old. He's played, I don't know how many minutes in his career. It's just way beyond anybody's, you know, wildest expectations. But uh, anyway, I guess more so the end of the game, or not, not the end of the game, but after the game on the podium where, okay, they just got swept by the Nuggets. And that is should be the story. I mean, this team that has come, Kind of been homegrown for the most part, at least the the two big names in in Murray and Jokic. Other pieces around, obviously they have added pieces. Porter comes in. KCP had a great series. I mean, if you'd have played like that with the Lakers, I think they would have they would have signed or not resigned him, but not traded him. But anyway, I guess my point is LeBron has I guess is has the ability he did everything is calculated with him right you know it's not nothing he doesn't say things by accident at a certain point during the the press conference he's just kind of casually said well you know i really have to think about you know next season and well so then they follow up and you know maybe i maybe this is it you know kind of thing it's like oh my god now the entire narrative changes from hey denver just has done something that they've never done in franchise history and get to a finals. You've got, you know, this two-time MVP and probably should have been three-time MVP, you know, back to back to back. But anyway, you've got this team that, okay, they've gotten over that hump. Now they're into the finals and it just seems like everything's like, Oh my God, what's LeBron going to do? What, you know, how, who are they going to bring in? And uh, I guess sort of, Ironically, you know, Kyrie is sitting courtside during that game. And, you know, so, of course, he's a free agent, all the speculation. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was kind of kind of where we should be celebrating the Nuggets. And all of a sudden, the whole storyline turns towards what's LeBron going to do next year. So I thought that was that was pretty what, what's your gut feeling? What, what is your gut feeling tell you? Do you think no, he's going to retire? He's, I think he's definitely coming back. Is this like a, a, a negotiating ploy, you know, kind of, hey, saying to the front office again, we still need to work on this? I mean, he, Palenka, I mean, for all the missteps that they had up to this point, this trading deadline, he was masterful, you know, bringing in Hachimura, Vanderbilt, you know, did some great things for them down the stretch defensively, uh, bringing D'Angelo Russell back that provided a lot of offense until this series where he was a complete, I mean, just non-factor. I mean, every time he was on the court, I mean, if he's not scoring, he's getting crushed on defense. There's really, he's not really bringing anything to the team. It was so glaring once his shooting was off that they had no shot that 
I mean, they, I mean, Reeves has been a revelation. He's a restricted free agent. They're going to bring him back. I don't know how much they're going to pay him, but whatever. I mean, he's going to get paid. He'll be back. Uh, remains to be seen what, what they do. You know, this Kyrie, I mean, is that an option? They do need a, a, a scorer that can kind of handle the ball. And then you also have to factor in the idea of LeBron only playing during the regular season, 50 or 60 games, same thing with AD, not so much for the age, but just, I don't know of anybody. I mean, besides he and Bede, maybe Adebayo, I don't know if it's just their size or the way they play, but they spend more time on the floor falling down than any three players I've ever seen. And especially AD, it's like you got to hold your breath every time that, oh my God, this is it. This is another injury. But uh, yeah, they got to, they need more scoring. Maybe, you know, some of those pieces they keep but a lot of them are going to get shipped out. But in terms, just to answer your question, Alex, yeah, I don't think LeBron, it's just, again, they just got swept. I'm sure he was just exhausted because that first half, I mean, he, he didn't come out and you could tell I me mean, he, he wasn't going to come out. And he only, the only reason he did was because there was a stoppage in play with like maybe 10 or 12 seconds left in the half. They took him out just to kind of get a jump on. Uh, I don't know if he was going to get shower changes uniform whatever the hell he was going to do back there but he he was gone but uh yeah i I think he he does come back uh again these nba teams sometimes and again what i've noticed over the last few years is like they try to build these teams on the fly and and like it's almost like they they use the regular season just to kind of feel things out and you saw this year where they they were in the play-in right i mean they they had a horrible regular season but from the trading deadline on, once they made all those moves, they had the best defense, and I think they might have even had the best record in the league. So um, I don't know if Palenka can do that again. He just kind of pulled a rabbit out of his hat there with, a, with some of the moves that he made. And Hachimura, God bless. But you him. have to, you have to, you have to admit though. I mean, LeBron has won a championship in Miami, in Cleveland, when he already in in the tail end of his career this is a player that has been in the nba for what 20 seasons over 20 mm-hmm. seasons i mean it's just i think the expectations were through the roof that he was going to bring the lakers another championship but he's not the same player that he once was so you look at him and is it fair enough lou to label it a disappointment well, they did I mean, win. The, the fact that he hasn't I mean, call it what you will, but they did they did win the championship, you know, the, the bubble year, the, the COVID year. And I guess not so much that you look at it with an asterisk, but they got a big benefit where the league just shut down for a few a couple of months. So he was able to be, you know, get a lot of rest. A D was able to to heal and they were just Okay, and they came out and they were as focused as any other team and they just kind of raced through that that playoff run. Now, again, you know, the Denver series was was fairly difficult. Uh, I think it was 4-2 against the Heat in the finals, but the, the Heat had a bunch of injuries by the end of that that stretch. But again, he did bring them another championship. I don't know that you can be disappointed. Again, I, you got to look at it realistically. You were getting LeBron later in his career. Um 
The only thing you can say, though, is the Cleveland champion, when he went back to Cleveland, I mean, that was masterful. I mean, that that was all him. Now, in each of the other situations, in Miami, in L.A., he kind of dictated who he was going to play with and, and bringing stars in. I mean, I don't think they trade – Excuse me. They don't trade for AD unless it was kind of at the behest of LeBron and his buddy from Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, that represents AD and a bunch of other players. But anyway, KCP, they brought him in. He's another clutch player. But and in Miami, he kind of orchestrated, you know, okay, D Wade was already there, but let's bring in Chris Bosch. Uh, and then all these other pieces, hey, yeah, let's go play with LeBron, win some championships. So uh, say what you will about him. The, the guy has just put up an amazing career. Uh, again, you're going to have people out there that still, you know, Jordan was the best. I'm one of them. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just my era and just looking at the way they played. Now, LeBron, it's not saying that LeBron's a bad player or, you know, even, you know, well, he's just a superstar. No, I mean, he's in the conversation and, and it's and it's pretty damn close because of, I guess, the longevity of it. Uh the overall statistics that he put up, but in terms of just sheer will and bringing one team to a championship six times and being six and oh and everything else that, that Jordan has done. I, I did, that's where I fall as far as, you know, best players, but no, I mean, it, I can't say it's a, it's a disappointment. They, they pretty much got what they asked for. I think it's, it's more so the, the players around him is that they just, you know, they, they traded all their their uh, really good young players, you know, really to get AD. And they kind of messed up some draft picks. I mean, they had a chance, uh, you know, the year they drafted Lonzo Ball. I mean, Jason Tatum was sitting right there and the Celtics were like, oh, yeah, OK, fine. Yeah, we'll take Jason Tatum. Sure. I think he was like the um, I think they went two, three or I can't remember the exact order but obviously you know he was uh tatum was i think the third or fourth pick overall brandon ingram i think was a pretty good draft choice again these guys are so young that it takes them a while to kind of get their feet, legs under them and you saw that once ingram went to new orleans and got a chance to, you know to get bigger minutes and just kind of grow into the nba style game that, that he's a damn good player now Again, without making that trade for AD, do they win a championship? LeBron with with Ingram and Lonzo Ball and some of these other guys? Yeah, probably not. So I think you know overall, I think it's been what they what they what they asked for. Um, are they right there every year? This year was kind of a surprise, I guess. But like I said, at, at the trading deadline, they made great moves those guys were really good against teams that maybe were a little bit smaller than them in memphis with some of their injuries to their bigs uh with golden state not having much size and you know they ran into a team that's a little bigger a little stronger and you know they're you know they weren't quite up to the up to the task so i take my hat off to denver you love the way that they play they move the ball you know, they 
maybe not like a, a suffocating defensive team. And maybe Jokic isn't quite the rim protector that maybe he could or should be, but he does everything else masterfully. So uh, look forward to seeing who they play. Uh, Boston just looked like they kind of found something in the last game. Now, can they do it three more games in a row? I doubt it, but hey, you never know. I've got a question for you. Do you think the Celtics have a better chance against Denver in the final than uh, the Miami Heat? If their stars play the way they did last game and then I guess continue to play if they win the next three playing like that, then I think the Celtics certainly are going to have a, a very good chance uh, to beat Denver, a better chance than the Heat would. Now, again, Ty, Tyler, think that boss, do you think the Tyler hero, Tyler hero may be back for the finals. He's I guess, just starting like some basketball activities, you know, had broken the hand. So if they get him back, they become a little bit deeper and a little bit more dangerous. Uh, be hell of a series either way, either, either one of those teams. I think if Denver meets the Miami Heat, the Nuggets are going to really? sweep them. Okay, I just don't think the Heat have. Boss, do you think the they've done their magical run? And if they beat the Celtics, that that is their final. I don't think they will have enough uh, against Denver. But if the Celtics somehow win the next three, I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah, I mean, they play to their I think potential. The Celtics. They the Celtics the Celtics will be the favorites against Denver, in my opinion, in the finals, just because they were like the favorites going right. into the playoffs. That's who everyone dubbed as the as the championship contender team. And right now, the Heat are just—I mean—they've been playing lights out in the first three games. I heard you about—I heard your point against you know—I heard your point uh, where you said Jordan is better than LeBron, and I completely agree with you. Okay, it, it's also my era. Jordan was bigger than God, and I can't hop on the bandwagon where LeBron is better than Jordan. I, just shoot me. I'm never going to say that. Jordan is always <laughs> going to be the best. But is LeBron better than Kobe, Lou? Um, and that, this is where I always fall on this, is where people say, is this player better than the other? Well, I, better... What I guess what constitutes better? I think LeBron may be more of an overall game, but again, he just played the game differently. Kobe was a score first player. Now, LeBron, even though he is more of a you know facilitator, whatever, he still is, you know has the most points of anybody ever. But is that because he's played longer or is whatever? You can get you start to dice these things up and so forth. To me, Kobe was, I guess, more like Michael Jordan was in terms of he just wanted to take your heart out of your chest and and feed it back to you. I mean, and just it didn't matter who what night they were playing, who they were playing against. He just had that just killer instinct that sometimes you don't see quite with with LeBron and maybe the the shooting sometimes isn't as good but LeBron was a much you know much better rebounder well because he's probably what 
two or three inches taller than Kobe, maybe weighed about 50 more pounds than Kobe, just, just a bigger dude. That's a, that's a tough one for me too. I would have to go with LeBron just because of, you know, I think Kobe didn't quite get to 20 years, but you know, he had some injuries at the end, but to me, I don't know. I mean, I was probably again, bigger Kobe fan than, than LeBron. Uh, been a Lakers fan forever. I've probably mentioned that, you know, a million times, but it just seemed like even though Kobe wasn't drafted by the Lakers, he never played for another team. You know, the, the trade was made after the draft, but it wasn't like he was in camp with Charlotte. It was like, okay, the draft is over. West works his magic and he gets Kobe to, to the Lakers. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it, it's a tough one. But if you just look at statistics, what they've meant to the league, you know, LeBron probably slightly better than, but I like Kobe as a player more than LeBron. Well, I mean, fair enough. I'd still go Michael, Kobe, then LeBron. With all due respect, because LeBron has scored a ton of points, he's been a great rebounder, passer, but I just, I value defense, Lou. And I feel like Jordan, when he needed to turn it on, he was a great defensive player. And Kobe was the same way. He was a scorer, but when he needed to turn it up defensively, he could take your best player and just shut him down. And I saw that time and time again. I am not a Laker fan. I hate the Lakers, (laughs) but I can respect what Kobe has done. I'm on the other side of it. That's why I asked a Laker fan. I asked you. Because, I mean, you're, you've been watching LeBron the past couple of years here more closely. You know, you watch Kobe throughout his career with Shaq and without. And he still won a championship. He was a killer. And to me, it's that killer mentality. It's just Le- Michael, Kobe, then LeBron. They're close. They're all close. They're all great players. And I understand that the new breed... The younger fans, they'll say LeBron is the best. But the fact is, I mean, I saw Kobe. I saw, Le- I saw LeBron. I saw Michael in their peak, in their prime. And that's why I go Jordan, Bryant, then James. Yeah, I mean, just looking strictly at numbers and so forth. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's numbers surpass you know, just about everybody, you know, quite frankly. I mean, if you, you know, scoring for sure, he's done that, you know. Nobody thought anybody was ever going to pass Kareem, but you know, here we are. Obviously, he played a lot longer than, than Kareem did. You know, Kareem was four years at UCLA. LeBron was playing in the league you know, when he was that age. So, anyway, I mean, that's uh, that's the other thing too. Now, the the debate that comes up, I don't know if it's a debate, but you know, does LeBron's number get retired by the Lakers? You know, you look at, you know, the the retired numbers of the Lakers and it's like, you know, the history of the league. I mean, I saw, you know, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. uh, Now, Wilt was at the end. You know, he's only played there for a year. But, you know, hey, they got a championship. His jersey's retired. You know, Kobe, Kareem, Worthy, Magic. You know, you can go go down the list. I mean, just, you know, some of the greatest players ever. Uh, Do they throw that uh, that number six up there? Hard to say. <laughs> no. No. Just because I think I think 
is. I mean, I saw in Cleveland. He should have his number retired in Miami. But I could never yeah. see him being retired here. Because if you see it all, at all those players, that all the great players that have their retired jerseys here with the Lakers, they were here for like the longest time. I mean, they had like a long career, all right, with with the Los Angeles Lakers. I can't say that about LeBron, and that's why I just it's very difficult for me to see him uh, have his jersey retired here in L.A. I think I forgot Miami to mention Shaq. and Cleveland. I forgot to mention Shaq too. So that was a that was a pretty big one too. But recently, I think they put up uh, Pau Gasol's jersey. So it seems like it, it's. It might be kind of a marketing thing, and LeBron just kind of has taken over the town a little bit. So, yeah, I don't. Does he deserve to have it retired? Nah, eh, I don't know, but he probably will. It probably will. We'll get it retired. All right. So, hey, we're I don't know thirty minutes into this thing. We haven't talked a lick of football, Alex. This is a football show. Damn it, let's go. Um, as always, at this time of year, you know, there's. We could, you know, you can start making up topics to talk about and so forth, and we'll get into things as we as we go on. But one of the things that that we like to do is look at the over under win totals uh, for for the league. And and Vegas, you know, they're not going to be perfect, but a lot of times, I mean, it's quite telling these when these numbers come out where they see things happening and more often than not the numbers are pretty pretty honest and pretty good and we'll get you to think about it one way or the other um so let's take a look at at, at some of the clusters and we can talk about you know hey you know does this team deserve to be in that cluster or do you look at it? obvious the obvious question is it over or under so let's start right at the top and teams that either 11 wins or 11 and a half, uh, the Chiefs, the Bengals, 11 and a half, Philadelphia, 11. Any question there that they should be the top three? No, I think No, I think that that's fair. I mean, that's how it should be at this point. I would put the Bills there as well. I mean, that would be one of the teams that I think deserves to be. They're at like ten and a half, but I would put I would put the Bills along with those three teams. And yeah, I, I guess think they get they're probably knocked down a little bit because of all the fervor now with the with the Jets, uh, the ascent, ascension of the Dolphins. I would imagine that's that's got to play into it. Maybe that half half uh, a game, or so they're not quite in that tier. Like okay, can you see? Do you see the Bills losing two games against the Jets or two games against the Dolphins? They, this is a team that won thirteen games, right? So I would say, you know, they would lose like one game against the Dolphins, one game against the Jets, but I can't see them losing much more. Still a very competitive team. I think that's that's the fourth team that I would put up there with. Cincinnati, the Chiefs, and uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, I still, yeah, I mean, they're they're an amazing team. They're gonna they're gonna win a ton of games. Uh, you know, the games that typically that they should win. But I guess that with them, the way they lost 
in the in the playoffs last year, I think has a you know bad taste in everybody's mouth. You know, now maybe if Von Miller comes back healthy and is able to play the entire year and into the playoffs, you know, you got a different story here. Uh, not because he's going to you know rack up like twenty sacks or something, but I just think his leadership on the field and what he can do to free up some of the other D linemen uh, is going to be a big influence, and that defense will look a little bit better. The other part of it is you lose your defensive coordinator and Leslie Frazier just like, I mean, it was just kind of a weird thing where he just decides to step away from the game. I don't know if it's family stuff. I don't know if it's maybe just a, a, a philosophy uh, difference of opinion with the head coach McDermott now kind of taking over that role. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's a tough one, but they they've got all the weapons. They can still score points. Uh, so with them in their tier, it's say ten and a half or ten. You've got the Niners. Now, here's an interesting one. We've been talking about them coming on, but now they got to put up. You've got the Jacksonville Jaguars also at ten and a half, uh, and then the Cowboys and the Ravens uh, at ten. So we look at that as one tier. So I would say, uh, obvious. I'm always, as long as I think Shanahan's the coach and they just have that defense, I'm always going to be in on them and just the way that they play as as being there. We talked about the Bills. It's just this is the one where it's like, okay, it's been a nice story. We've been talking about them. They're ready to make the next jump. All right, we're going to push them up to 10 and a half and maybe that second tier of teams. Are you feeling Jacksonville this much? I am. I told you this. I think they're up there. I think they're going to be one of the top three teams. I think they're going to run away with the AFC South division. When you have a quarter taking that next step forward with the new coach, I think it's just going to continue. And, uh, you know, they're just, that's the reason why Peterson took that job because he believed that Trevor Lawrence is the guy that he could take to another level in his offensive system. When you have the quarterback for the next 10 or 12 years, Jacksonville is here to stay. And they picked them number one overall. They didn't make them. When you have a quarterback, they didn't fall for the flash of Zach Wilson. They went with the proven winner, you know, the golden kid, the five-star recruit who's been there with Clemson, who's won a lot of games, threw for a lot of yards. They didn't fall for this. So Jacksonville Jaguars made, a, you know, the right choice, and they're, they're here to stay. I think this is a team that's going to rule the day, especially for the next, like, five or seven years. I think they'll get better. They need to get rid of Trent Baalke, but... I mean, overall, <laughs> you know, I think they're they're here to stay. Their coaching is top notch, and I think uh, I'm here. I'm all here for this with Jacksonville getting a ton of respect, and uh, I think they have one of the easiest divisions. I think they're just gonna run run away with it. This is a team that I believe will win at least 13 games. Honestly, I really do believe that. And uh, I think Jacksonville's defense is going to be much better. They've got the weapons. And once again, 10th time, I'm going to repeat myself. When you have the quarterback 
as good as Trevor Lawrence is, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. Well, he really can't. I mean, we haven't seen him, you know, like in over a year. But you can't shortchange what what an impact that I believe Calvin Ridley is going to have on this offense. Everybody. And, uh, I think Jacksonville's defense is. I, the other receivers immediately all become elevated because of how much attention he's going to draw. And now all of a sudden, you know, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, are I think they're just going to benefit from it. And, you know, obviously Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield. But for some of you, for those of you that maybe first time listeners or maybe second, Alex, had, I think, has a little bit of a history with Trent Baalke. I mean, it's I don't know. Maxwell's defense is that that I get more of a sense of just abhorrence from a name that I mentioned. That's, well, maybe Josh McDaniels, I think. That, that yes. one that one yes. that one will really, you know, get under Alex's skin. But I think Trent Balky's probably second, right? I mean, would you say those are the top two for sure? Well I mean, I mean when he, I say top two geez, he ran Jim Smell's defense is that you would want to eradicate from the league. Yes, and the reason for this is because he ran Jim Harbaugh out of town, okay? He won that power struggle. Harbaugh, who who took the, the 49ers franchise when they were nothing at that point, he led them to a Super Bowl. All of a sudden, Harbaugh gets kicked out. You know, he loses the power struggle. So I just, and, and Balky is the one to blame, and that's the reason why... I have so much distaste for the man. Okay. Well, we just, yeah, every so often, we got to give everybody a refresher because, you know, it's, I think it's very important with the tone that, uh, that is set. But, you know, he has done a pretty decent job assemb- assembling this team for whatever, you know, his role is in this team. I, I don't know if his title is general manager or director of whatever. He is, but you know, he seems to be the guy when they talk about you know the draft and you know making moves. All right, so should Dallas... have drafted, but still he should have drafted Hutchinson, Hutchinson yeah. over Trayvon Walker. <laughs> they will put that. They will have that on either his tombstone or yours. Both <laughs> should he should have drafted Hutchinson, and the way it looks right now, yeah. But it's just you know rookie year. We'll see. Let's see what Trayvon Walker he can he can still step up all right so dallas and baltimore there at just even 10 so um i guess i mean there's nothing a whole lot to see here like a big controversy i mean dallas is always always going to be there very talented offensively the defense should be even better this year under quinn and some of the moves that they've made so i don't see really anything you know with either of those two teams to say it was oh geez you know that's way higher that's way low that's probably where they they should be so like the next grouping we've got nine and a half and 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 the browns come in at nine but nine and a half you've got the saints you've got the dolphins you've got the chargers you've got detroit so this is where i start to okay wait a second this if the jaguars are at ten and a half maybe you know detroit should be in that group i i i'm feeling that uh, Maybe that might be a little bit low, even though 
Uh, I think that would, they ended up nine and eight last year. So I, I got to see some improvement there. So that, that might be one to look at the jets at nine and a half. You think, oh, geez, you know, Rogers, this Rogers, that, but still, you know, there's a kind of a pecking order. If you would in the AFC, there's a lot of tough teams above them. So you got them at nine and a half. And like I said, the Browns are at nine. So in this group, outside of me thinking, Detroit is a little bit low. Do you, does anything stick out and say, wow, I did, did not see that coming? I don't think the Saints should be this high. That's just my opinion. I yeah. mean, what has Derek Carr done in this league? He's been a good statistical quarterback for most of his career, but he hasn't won. He hasn't won anything, all right, for a while. With Jack Del Rio, I mean, he went into the playoffs, but I just adding the Saints and I just I don't see it I just don't see it and there's still a thing hanging over you know their star running back is he gonna play I'm not sure like Kamara might not be around he might get suspended I don't know I mean there's just that lingering thing like happening out there I don't think their defense is that good most people are giving him this respect because the, the Saints defense has been good for so long. I don't think their personnel is, is that impressive to me. So uh, when I add these things, I don't think the Saints... I understand that division is pretty weak considering the, the teams that are there. And we don't know who the next team is going to be. And by most accounts, most people believe that the Saints will win the division based on these over and unders. I'm not one of those. I'm just, I'm not betting on the Saints and I'm not betting on Derek Carr. Right. So at, at this point, you're look, these are kind of um, the prospective playoff teams. So, I mean, to get to now back in the, when it was 16 games or like 10 was almost guaranteed to get you into the playoffs. So now 10, I don't think is quite a guarantee, but it's pretty damn close. It's going it, to, you know, it's going to be like a tiebreaker situation if you don't get in with, with 10 wins. New Orleans been in, being at nine and a half, again, might be more of an indictment, again, about the, the division that they play in. The respective Southern divisions of the NFL both are, I guess, in flux for the most part, where you might say in the AFC, I think Jacksonville, I agree with you, is certainly uh, much better than the other three teams in, in their division. But in the NFC South, I don't it's hard to really separate them at all. I mean, maybe Carolina is is a little a little bit below because the, more than likely they'll be starting a rookie quarterback. But the Falcons, you know, Desmond Ritter is pretty much a rookie now. He's been in the building for an entire year. He played a little bit at the end of last year. But, you know, it's not like he's established an established starter. They did pass on some guys in the draft this year. Uh, they go with B. John Robinson. They, you know, so they've got some explosive players on offense. No question about it. So, Again, I think it's that that indictment piece that has it. But I did, you know, I kind of had a check mark next to that one too, saying, "Well, I'm not really sure about this." How about the Jets at nine and a half? I guess that's 
you know, the big question, so much talk with Aaron Rodgers coming in, you know, the, the young dudes last year were really good on defense. They once they beat Buffalo without great quarterback play or any quarterback play for that matter. And somehow they got it done in one of those games. Uh, are the young guys ready to step up? Is Rogers going to be patient enough with these guys to, to really kind of, and they, they're opening, their opening schedule is very difficult. So, I mean, they, they got to come out of those first seven games, like four and three, I think at the worst, or it might be a tough season. I don't know. I'm on the bandwagon with the Jets uh, because they have they have the right formula, Lou. I I can see the defense repeating what they did last year. I mean, they have the 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 players. They have the scheme that Sala has put out there. I do feel confident that Brees Hall will return healthy, and if he does, they've got the workhorse at running back. They can get you like 100 yards every game. Something that Rodgers hasn't had, to be honest with you. And Hall can also be a good receiver coming out of the backfield. So this isn't only Aaron Rodgers. They've just solidified the quarterback position. When you put all those things together, if this team is healthy, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, because there's been a lot of like hoopla that, about his you know injury out there, right? A little injury. Um, is he going to be back? Is he going to be that? If he stays healthy, I think the Jets are primed to be this regular season monster. And they're going to compete with the Bills. I think the Bills will win the division. But I think the Jets will certainly, certainly outplay this. this other. If this team is healthy, uh, we, that we see, you know, what Vegas has released here. The Browns are a real intriguing one as well at nine. Uh you know, last year, yeah, maybe it was kind of a throwaway with Deshaun Watson coming back late in the year, hadn't played in almost two years. Uh, so now he gets, you know, a complete off season. His, I mean, it, it seems like it was like five years ago he had all these lawsuits hanging over. Together, if this team is healthy, his head and all these things, and just you know, a polarizing story, to say the least. And he was, it, nobody's going to come to the games. There's going to be boycotts, all this stuff. And here we are, whatever, like a year or so later. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, like the story's gone. You know, it's just like the NFL just keeps moving on. And, you know, there's other stories to look at. And it's like, man, this dude, all together, if this team is healthy. So maybe it's kind of lifted off of his shoulders as well. Uh, at the very least, he's been able to put it behind him. I don't know. I'm sure there's certain fans that still, you know, aren't going to be huge fans of him or the team anymore. But AFC North, that is going to, I think, going to be one of the toughest divisions uh, to compete in because, you know, top to bottom, I, I think that the Steelers are really being slept on a little bit. I think they're, they're certainly further down the list. I think they're in the eight and a half group. Baltimore, obviously, you know, at, at 10, Cincinnati at 11 and a half, you know, the lowest team, Pittsburgh at eight and a half. And we know every year Mike Tomlin has at least a winning record. But I think in his second year, Pickett's going to 
going to be a better player. The whole thing with Pickens and that whole relationship, I think, is going to take a huge step forward if he can kind of, you know, stay grinding. If Deontay Johnson comes back and some of the other, the offensive linemen that they've drafted and brought in, I mean, that's been a huge problem area for that team, you know. So that should help Najee Harris. It's going to help the passing game as well. You know, they, they bring in you know, the, the big tight end from, from Georgia. They already have Friar Muth. So you can see, hey, maybe, you know, the league is, is zigging towards, the, you know, these small smaller receivers spread the field. So defenses are getting smaller. Let's build more of a bully and take advantage of our size and, you know, play – in 12 personnel and we're going to get Najee Harris going a little bit more. So that's a, that's an intriguing one to me is the Steelers at eight and a half. And then also what the Browns might be able to do, because again, they've added some weapons. They're another year into Stefanski's program with uh, Deshaun Watson. So that's, that's going to be a very interesting division. So Vegas is sleeping on the Steelers. I think so. A little underrated just because again, and especially because it's just the freaking Steelers. I mean, I just can't see them being bad, you know, consecutive years. Now, their bad is playing just over 500 and just missing the playoffs. But if they improved just the, the slightest bit, maybe they win one or two more division games and here you go. So that's that might be an interesting one to me to go over the eight and a half on Pittsburgh. I actually think Vegas is sleeping on the giants i really yeah, do they're, believe they're that. in that cluster as well at eight i half. really do believe that defense is going to be more lethal in martindale's second season um you know he likes to get aggressive i think they'll feel more com- comfortable in that offense as well i can't imagine like dable taking a step back that you know last year was something out of like a magical run i think he'll continue I think that team, just front office and coaching staff, they have a plan. I think they know what they're doing. And I think Daniel Jones is going to feel a lot more comfortable this season. I think they're going to unleash him a little bit more. That's why I believe the Giants are being slept on. I think this entire cluster at eight and a half, the more I look at it, like, wow, you know, you got the Giants, you've got Atlanta, Denver, Minnesota, Seattle which I think is going to, you know, they might be, if Gino, not that he has it the same year that he had last year, but if he kind of keeps the interceptions down, their defense is going to improve. They've got a good running game, more weapons, you know, at, at the wide receiver, adding Smith and Jigba to the, you know, Metcalf and Lockett already. So this is a, an interesting group. I don't, Minnesota certainly, I think, is going to take a step back. And we talked about this, I think, last week, the week before, that they won so many close games. I think they won every one-score game they were in last year, and that just doesn't happen. I mean, the year before, they lost a ton of them. Last year, they won them all. And I think that's going to kind of, you know, get back to the norm there where they're going to lose maybe, you know, that's more of a 50-50 thing. But I think, really, Seattle's got a chance, I think, to win that division if San Francisco – if San Francisco is still not able to get the the quarterback straight where, you know, if Purdy can't play right away or uh, Trey, do you think Trey's got a chance at this job? If Purdy's out the first few games, 
Or is or, are we going to see Sam in there? Yeah, I think Darnold so is going to win scary, that. So that's the scary that's part just, of the Niners, my... you know, because the rest of the team is just, to me, is as good, if not better, than any team in the league, right? I mean, between offensive line, the skill position, the group of skill position players, forget about it. The, the defense is always top-notch. Now, they lose D'Amico Ryan, so, you know, there's going to be a change. But, hell, they went from Sala to Ryan. So, I got to believe they've got, you know, defensive coordinator lined up there that they believe in, and they're going to be able to do the same things. But, yeah, so the whole Seattle-San Francisco thing, they're separated by two games here. And if I had to, you know, gun to your head, you know, you want to go on an over bet, I would go with Seattle. Uh, the teams are pretty evenly matched in terms of the rest of the team but the quarterbacks again who's going to get the better quarterback play who's going to get the consistent quarterback play is Brock Purdy going to be is Brock Purdy going to be healthy uh Alex I think you're feeling Sam Darnold is going to be the guy if Trey Lance can't go we'll see those are the big question marks so you know a team that is number four in this list ten and a half to go over under and they have questions at quarterback that's an interesting thing to look at but as we've seen they don't need to have supernatural quarterback play they they need somebody to kind of steer the ship keep it keep it in good order Keep it moving forward. The defense will do the rest in the running game. So, uh, yeah, if I was going to go over there, I would say Seattle. Uh, you got a bunch of teams at, at seven and a half. You know, maybe New England, you know, seven and a half is a little ambitious. And that's kind of the Belichick factor and not much of one because seven and a half isn't uh, isn't going to get you to the playoffs. That's for sure. So I might go under on that one. Green Bay, you know, again, I'm not a that I'm a huge Jordan love fan, but I think that's kind of where the market is that, you know, you just don't know. Uh, But the rest of the team is still pretty damn good. And I think they're going to be okay. Um, I might go over on that one, but uh, other than that, a lot of question marks on all these teams, youth, I guess the culture of something like the Washington, you still don't know where they're at, but you know, hopefully that sale goes through. And then the enigma of the Raiders at seven and a half. Uh, yeah. I don't, do you have a feeling on any of those teams? I'm not feeling the Raiders. I'm not feeling the Rams. I would actually go under on both of those teams. I just, I have questions. Rams are at six. The Rams are at six and a half. Oh, I, I, so I guess I lower. saw a different number. I thought they were like seven and a yeah, half. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess depending on where you look. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. I'm if not you want feeling, to go under, take go take the seven and a half number for sure. <laughs> I'm not feeling like the Matthew Stafford, you know, like the whole thing, him coming back. I don't think he can stay healthy, and I'm not feeling the the Jimmy G factor with the Raiders out there. So I think those are the two teams that I think are going to be picking pretty high in the 2024 NFL draft. So you got the Colts, the Bucks, perhaps the Rams, all three at six and a half. Uh, they've all like, I mean, you've outlined there, the Rams, you just don't know. Yes. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago, but they're missing a lot of key pieces. You know, they're all two years older and a lot of rookies, a lot of draft picks, a lot of UDFAs. So yeah, Sean McVay, God bless you. Let's go. Uh, and then the last two Houston at five and a half, um, I might be tempted but still, no, nah, I mean, you really can't have a great feeling there, I don't think. 
Arizona at four and a half, that might be ambitious. I don't, you don't know when Kyler's coming back, uh, D hop, who knows what, what's going on there. One day's <clears throat> talking about quarterbacks that he'd like to play with other days. Say, Oh, geez, all you were saying that I want out and I don't. And then he comes back <laughs> on another podcast saying that he'd write, yeah, I would definitely want to play with, with these teams. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with, with Arizona, but uh, I don't know any 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 feel any strong feeling on any of those, other than the Rams. Yeah, I just don't think that Arizona is going to be competitive because Kyler Murray is going to be out for the first couple of months of the season. I don't think he'll come back. I mean, if Arizona is like zero and eight, do you think they'll push Kyler to come back for what? If they're not making a push into the playoffs. So Murray might miss the entire season as a result of this. I realize that, you know, it, it takes, they, they come back a lot faster. I mean, they heal and, you know, the surgeons, they work magic out there. But I just, I'm not feeling the Cardinals. I mean, I think this is going to be, they're going to be even worse than the Houston Texans this season. Yeah. I mean, the infusion, you know, again, both teams, new coaches, um, hopefully, you know, new cultures, because obviously the, both of those organizations are just, uh, I don't know. I mean, just from the outside looking in, it's just always issues, problems. So you've got coaches with decent sized contracts. Um, you know, they, they, Houston at least seems to me like they drafted pretty well. So I think they're moving in the right direction. Arizona, I've got absolutely no feel for, I, I mean, there's no way I'm going over on this. I might go under, but God, that's a small number. I mean, even if you just hang around enough, you're going to win a few games because you catch teams, uh, whether they're in the middle of a tank at the end of the year or there's a lot of injuries. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching either of those. So, um, all right. I don't know, Alex. I think I think we've done enough damage here. What do you think? Are we done? Yeah, we we talked a hell of a lot about basketball and and less about football on this show, but I like it. I mean, I I always appreciate your input on the NBA because we don't get enough of that. Well, we're going into we're going into a holiday weekend here, you know, Labor Day coming or not Labor Day, Memorial Day coming up. And uh yeah, I mean, teams are doing OTAs, uh, so yeah, not a whole lot going on in the NFL. So hey, the NBA is in the heart of their play, not heart of the playoffs, but the, the championship round here pretty soon. So let's see what uh, what Boston can do. Maybe they can get back into this thing and we may make it a series and get some more exciting games down the stretch. So for my friend Alex here, I'm Lou, as always, on the way out. Peace.